Welcome to Charged Up Studio Live, where small business owners get charged up for success. Are you a small business owner? Do you find yourself struggling through the many responsibilities that come with the title entrepreneur? Well, we're here for you. Charged Up Studio is hosted by Market Academy LLC, your prescription for what we call OPA. What is OPA? It's when you become so overwhelmed with the confusion that comes with business ownership that you become paralyzed and ultimately avoid doing anything in hopes it will take care of itself or you put it off till later. Does that sound familiar? I'm your host, Dan Olivo, and each week we bring a business professional eager to charge you up as they talk about the many things that keep you from moving forward with your small business. So are you ready to get charged up for success? Let's hit it. So welcome back to Charged Up Studio, where we bring you insightful conversations with industry leaders and experts from across the U.S. I'm Dana Olivo, your host, and we're We are continuing our focus this month on unleashing creative entrepreneurship, transforming visions into reality. This week's guest is a true representative of female leadership in its finest. She brings a diverse perspective, experience, and voice that are cornerstones for a thriving and innovative environment. She is the CEO of the C-Suite Network an influential community that brings together top executives from various industries in a collaborative mastermind and knowledge sharing environment. Welcome, Tricia. Oh, thank you so much, Dana. I'm so thrilled to be here with you. That's great. No, I am really glad to have you here. Yeah, and you were able to fit some time in, you know, uh, to chat with us because, uh, Trisha's role with the C-Suite kind of takes her all over the U.S. and sometimes the globe. And uh, being able to uh, fit her in, we may be talking to her from from the nether corner of the globe, or it could be next door. So (laughs) nailing her down is a coup in itself. So before we get started, I always kick off our interview segments with each of my guests with one specific question. So are you ready? I am, I am so ready. <laughs> okay. This is to give our, our audience a little bit of a peek into who Trisha Ben is. All right. Mm-hmm. If you could go back in time and give your young self some solid advice, what advice would you give her and at what age? Oh, my goodness, Dana. What a wonderful question. It also begs the question where I have daughters what advice I've given them that I would have wanted for myself, which is a bit of a catch-22. We have to watch it, don't we? Uh, They have to live their lives and and go by their North Stars in terms of what they want to see with what they do, what they give, what they generate. Um, So for me, I would say the biggest thing that I would say all the way along my track is, and this is something I do share with everyone I work with, is constantly be building on your intuition 
and your integrity and your commitment to what your mission really truly is. Yeah. And if you do that, no matter what happens, you know, in business, you can be flying high one day, the richest, the greatest, whatever it is, and bankrupt and, and brutalized the next day. That That's just the way life is. And those pieces of, of what I just shared are so important to navigate in a way that really truly keeps you solid where you are and able to refocus. Because if you get too much into your, your own uh, worries and concerns, it will slow you down. Yeah. No, in a, in a way it's being true to yourself and, and, you know, your strengths and things like that. And don't let others dictate how you should be, you know, or how you should act. And that's, that's a, that's a hard lesson for somebody, even a, a, a young woman to learn is the fact that, you know, you control the outcome. Others don't. You can control your responses to how you react. I'm thinking very specifically right now, Dana, I have a CEO that I'm working with that would be in his 30s, and he has a challenging situation. And you and I, with a few more years of experience, and this CEO's father, with many more years of experience, might say, this is the answer do this. And he's troubled by it. He hasn't been through the experience of what he's having to go through and managing his a particular person on his team. And so my advice to him was very much, you need to do what is right that you sit in your integrity and maybe be a little creative in this approach. So rather than just letting an employee go you might want to create opportunities where this employee has a lot more networking opportunities to find their own path that's more productive, et cetera, or at least know that you've tried before cutting that tie. And it's not because I believe he shouldn't cut the tie. I, I actually do. But he has to sit in integrity to build his own leadership, strength, style, and an understanding of where he can create value for the people he serves. And that includes, obviously, our team, our clients, our, our whole larger communities of our family and, and neighbors and, you know, city and fellow humans, you know. That's true. If we, if we can't remain true to ourselves and true to our beliefs, it's not going to carry through in the brand. It's not going to be carried through in the way you interact with your clients or anything like this. I say clients, it could be anybody. <laughs> so, all right. So much so, of what's true in business is also true in life, isn't it, Dana? It is. It is. Mm-hmm. If there's something going on in your, in your personal life, it's going to be reflected in your business life. And if you can't create that balance, you know, I, um, I'm holding a three-day uh, uh, strategic planning and mental health retreat here in Orlando, November. Incredible. And, Basically, you know, uh, I've learned a long time ago, you know, that strategic planning takes a lot out of you and you need to have that balance to clear your head so you can plan better. <laughs> it's so true. The yeah. That's something I think is truly ignored in many ways. And I'm so proud in the C-Suite Network community. We have leaders like you, Dana, that are bringing 
those pieces to the table. So you're not looking at your leadership in business in complete isolation as if everything else doesn't exist. It is part of it. And it's how we keep that athleticism, essentially, in terms of our physical, mental, uh, and emotional health to be able to deliver on the mission of our business and invite others to join that mission. You know, if you're not standing up and owning it and sharing it with others, you're losing, you're failing. There's just no way around that. No, definitely. So speaking of, you know, your mission and, and the business and yourself personally, let's get back to the cultural aspect that you're going to build within your business. So can you share some insight on the importance of cultivating creativity in small business and how it contributes to their success? Creativity to me is absolutely based on a, an appreciation of diversity in your team. You cannot have a team act with creativity if they don't understand the mission, right. the ability that they have to bring ideas to the table, and the appreciation of others' ideas and perspectives that are brought to that table as well. So so culturally, it's really critical. And, and all of my teams, and, and we have this, of course, in C-Suite Network, you've heard me say this many times, Dana, I expect everyone, everyone, I don't care what your title is, to be a leader and a supporter. Right. And so if you're the intern, you should be leading in your team. If you are the chairperson or like me, the CEO, you should be supporting as much or more. Right. And I would argue far more you should be supporting than leading. Yeah. And that's absolutely critical to create that environment where there's an appreciation of different ideas coming to the table and a mission alignment where it doesn't matter whose the idea it was. We're building on those successful thoughts that right. then become ideas. And then you have to have implementation. So uh, there's there's a whole approach that's just so critical. And, and I can go on about that more if you want me to, Dana. <laughs> I'm a little bit passionate about this topic. Yeah, no, I can tell. And that's why I wanted you talking about this because I hear it when we when we talk through C-suite, you know, and stuff like that. I hear it. But I want to put this in the context of a small business and how they can get started in developing this cultural, this creative culture within their business. Can you speak more to that? Absolutely. So there's some frameworks that I used. And again, when the pandemic broke out, we had an absolute crisis. All of us did. Whether your business was more positively affected, more negatively affected, or neutral, it actually didn't matter. Everybody was in crisis because we didn't know what to expect or what would happen. What I said to my team and what I shared with all of our community is there is no option when you're going into crisis. So it might be something like a global pandemic that we're all going through crisis at the same time. It might be a, a, a recession, you know, or again, it's a little bit more of an everyone's going through it. I mean, we have a little, those of us with a few more decades under our belt uh, have a little more experience with that. Um, and we hope a global pandemic doesn't happen very often. Uh, recessions happen a little more often. Or you just have a market share issue or a challenge that's very specifically your organization. When you hit that point, there is no question you have to be, and I, I'm using my hands now for anyone listening, uh, going in a diagonal straight up direction. Uh, it, 
you have to be innovating dramatically. And this is where it becomes so powerful that you need that absolute hockey stick growth and you need to be innovating constantly to do that. Now, I'm 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 holding my hands at angles and then I'm making one of mine lift the other one up into that into that uh, hockey stick. And the reason I'm doing that is because it's critical to innovate. The only way a team under crisis can innovate is if they're moving quickly and they're dropping things that don't work. So the idea and that framework was very much and and always is for me in terms of how we continue to innovate and create new ideas, bring people into that picture to be able to do that, is that we're constantly innovating. What doesn't work isn't failure. I detest that language. We're not failing fast. We're succeeding fast. What it is, is a piece of information we've now gathered from our testing that we know doesn't work right now. Well, we know why it didn't work. At least we have assumptions about that. We know it didn't work, but then dropping it quickly makes it so that we can continue to innovate and try other things. And if we don't get into that process, then we get stuck and we get stuck in that we can't innovate more because we're supporting stuff that doesn't work or we're emotionally attached to things that don't work. And then we also don't have the resources then to try other things and so on. So so it's really important to tap into that and create that environment where everyone understands we're aligned on a mission. It doesn't matter who came up with the original idea or anything along those lines. It just matters the team's aligned. We're going to get somewhere. And in the meantime, anything that works, we're going to keep and we're going to operationalize. And what doesn't, we drop. That's it. It's wonderful. We've got to get through that as quickly as possible. And and that's true. You know, for a small business, a lot of the issues that they run into is because they're not concentrating on working on the business and the culture. They're they're so busy chasing checks. They're so busy in their their um, many hats environment that they're working in the in the business, and so it's challenging for them to work uh, on this this culture this creative culture that they need to be developing and ex- especially if they don't have that experience mm-hmm. they don't know how to do this you know there are there are leaders and then there are leaders let's just put it that way <laughs> there's yes. different kinds of leaderships i think they need to be able to you know as far as i'm concerned they need to to be educated they need to be uh reading they need to be you know, taking courses in order to fully appreciate what they need to do in order to grow these small businesses. I think also it's just so underestimated. And again, peer groups and that connection with others who are going through the exact same things. There is nothing new in leading a business or owning a business. Nothing. There are lots of us who are going through the exact same thing. If you're a scaling CEO, Payroll is absolutely a number one issue every day. If you're a scaling CEO, I can guarantee that no matter what size and, you know, very, and people, people are always going to be an issue, but here's the thing I think is really underestimated. And it's so important to have that support, that coaching, that peer, you know, uh, group and, and arming is that your team wants to see you succeed. They want to be part of a mission that matters. They want to know that they have people there that will love and support them and see them succeed. 
They want to know that they can create that success, that it matters that they're there. And that is consistent no matter what age. You know, there's so much conversation about what this generation wants, that generation wants. At the end of the day, we all want support. We, we all want support. We all want respect. We all want to know that what we do makes a difference. And we want to know at the end of the day that when we make a difference, there's something that matters that results from it, that we give back. We create success for our communities or our clients, our families, et cetera. So I think that so frequently gets yeah. missed. It's sort of this attitude of they're there. This is business. Right. No, we're people. We're people. And if we're driven to see something succeed, there's no stopping that kind of team. That's true. As long as they know where they can go, get the resources that they need in order to do this. And coming back to that, you know, it's 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 easy to get those resources if you're willing to stick it out because masterminding is a perfect opportunity for you to get feedback from others who have gone through it before you. This is why I'm so thrilled about your leadership and your counsel, Dana, because we all have to have that place where the armor comes off and we right. get real. And yeah. if not getting real, you don't have a space to get real. This is absolutely number one priority. You right. have to have that because there is so much noise that goes around everything for a leader. And there is no one in your own sphere that isn't affected by your decision-making, which is another really big challenge. You know, I had a hero leader one time say to me, he said, Trisha, I thought I had a really big problem. And he said, then I made the mistake of telling my wife. And then I knew I had more than one big problem. <laughs> so, so, you know, we, we need that trusted got our backs, understands what we're really experiencing, mastermind or council space where we can have those issues and be learning and growing and not have to be the leader, you know, uh, be able to actually be nourished and um, and take that armor down. Well, and that's what I love about um, C-suite. Um, since joining C-suite, you know, is I have worked up the levels um, and when I need something done, like the reason I went into the contributor um, uh, council is because of the fact I was at a stage where I needed an advisory council. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I thought, rather than bringing in individuals, why don't I just join the contributor council? Because they can be my advisory council. And, um, it's, and I'm glad I did because... Um, that with the mastermind that's included with it, it has really helped a tremendous amount. And, and I want to point this out to my audience out there is the fact that I recommend that every one of you get involved in some kind of a group or an association or a council or something that feeds you. You're not in it to necessarily make a sale. You're in it to learn. You're in it to, to learn what you don't know you don't know about running your business. So yeah. just had and to get that plug in there. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that, Dana. And I believe in it so much, you know, and having a community that's collaborative in its approach. You know, our thought council, your faculty of C-Suite Network and yeah. that sharing, I've tried this. It's not just that failed or that succeeded. It's this is why for me, it succeeded or failed, in my right. opinion. 
Yeah. How does that apply for you? Because the reason something failed for somebody else or, you know, just didn't work, it wasn't, wasn't useful in terms of what they were trying to drive forward. That exact reason it didn't work might be the exact reason it will work for you. So right. that collaborative, you know, armor off, let's have those real conversations. It's so empowering. Right. And then also there's certain things where you're like, man, I just thought that was me. You know, I just thought I somehow didn't hold the flag correctly, you know, yeah. and, and you find out, no, everybody's been going through some kind of experience like that. Um, it's, it's such a powerful opportunity when you do have great, authentic people who will sit there and, um, and, and really be engaged from that perspective. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So in your experience now, um, where does leadership come into building this culture? It is a constant steering. And I will hold steady to the expectation of everyone to lead. This is to me the absolute magic sauce. If you're a leader who expects that you can somehow micromanage what every person on your team is doing, how they do it, when they do it, with whom they do it, you will never scale your business. And it's quite likely there will be all kinds of resentments and workarounds that make it so that whatever you're actually wanting them to do, they're not doing. Or they, worse, they only do it when you absolutely have a breakdown or some kind of you know uh, unacceptable kinds of situations for seeing the business succeed or the team scale and grow, you know? So, so I think that's, uh, that is, I can't emphasize how important that is. You want everyone stepping up and leading. And here's the catch as the ultimate owner, um, the person who has ultimate responsibility for the success of your unit, your business, your division, whatever, you know, depending on what size of, of business you have, if you're sitting in that CEO role or that owner role, you have to support your team. So if you've aligned them on the mission, they know the mission and what needs to be done, you've given them tools and support to develop their skill sets, get experience with taking on that leadership, you have to reward that. So there have been times as I built different businesses over time where you know I went on vacation and I said, team, no love, trust you you know the mission we're on and thank you right when i get back we'll figure out where we are always you know yeah. you have your emergency line of something really is a big 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 problem but otherwise thank you i go on my vacation i come back like any other business owner or leader you find out there were a couple of things that were done that wouldn't have been your choice too yeah. bad so what yeah. Did anyone die? That's number one question. No one died. Okay. So you support, support, support. Great decision. I understand why you did that. Now, let's see, what should we do next? You know, or they know it was a bad decision, right? They already have proof that they made the wrong call. Yeah. Okay. I understand the best decision was made in that moment. Now, what are we going to do in terms of aligning on where we want to go? What should we do now? And open that dialogue up. So support, open the dialogue up. They will help solve the problem knowing they have your confidence that they made the best decision they could in that moment. Right, right. No, you're absolutely right. 
And that brings me to my next question, because we're talking about creative culture. And since COVID, how would you uh, explain the changes, the pivots that have taken place when it comes to culture within an organization with the uh, uh, the separation as far as the office and the home and, and everything else. How do you maintain or improve that culture? It's such an interesting Rubik's Cube. That's the analogy I like to use for, for business pretty much all the way around and maybe life too. You know, you get one side right and then in order to get the second side right, you have to destroy what you did on the first side to get the second side right, you know, so so it's it's a constant dialogue, and I detest the advice of oh you've done all of that wrong and now this is the thing to do because if you've lived long enough you know that pendulum swings back and forth. Right. So here is the best advice I can possibly give with this. I believe COVID created a scenario where the last pieces of the band-aid were ripped off on the digital world we live in. There was a lot of ignoring the fact that we really truly live a digital life. Now, that's not to say we were not in person as well. Obviously we are, but so many business models ignored the whole digital sphere and certainly efficiencies in their business model because of what we can do in our digital lives. So the band-aid was, was ripped off. I truly believe that for those of us who said, look, there are a lot of things that are going to happen. I respect you as a human being and small business. Oh my goodness. You have tremendous opportunity for this because you really can know, love, trust your people. Right. If you're aligned on, we have a mission. We have to have these outcomes to deliver on that mission. And when we do, this is success and we're going to celebrate it. Everybody owns that success. If you have that formula, most in mind, whatever the pendulum swing, whatever the challenges, people jump in. So what I recognized immediately with COVID was my team was saving the half an hour to an hour and a half commute right, and actually giving way more time to serve against our mission, which for us in C-Suite Network was we have this enormous global network of executives, owners, investors, and influencers who are in crisis. We need to be there to support. And we've got to move 120 events to digital. And we've got to create some kind of interaction and support and community that we hadn't had to have before. You know, we traveled everywhere. We were everywhere all the time. So so now, of course, you know, Dana uh, celebrates on Friday afternoons or evenings, depending on your, or morning, depending on your time zone is is the culmination of that of bringing everyone together but you know i had to rely on my team in a in a time and that's a perfect example it's still ongoing you know we're well over three years yeah. past the start of covid and yeah. that is the heartthrob of our community where everyone comes together some some people every friday you know and some yeah. people periodically and 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 everything in between and that has meant so much but i'll tell you what it was a hard sell when we were going through the pandemic, everybody in crisis, everyone working extra hours. And now I say, oh, brilliant idea I've got. We're going to now 
go into Friday evening with another whole new event and, <laughs> and I need support, you know, I need production, I need registrations, I need invitations, I need all the marketing and support to yeah. make it happen. So yeah. people were doing it and we're here for them. And, you know, thankfully I had a couple people on my team who really stepped yeah, up and again, right. yeah, yeah. So, so, so to me, if, if you're a leader like me, or if you can get your team in that direction and, and not, not every team is there now, right? That's another thing is you don't necessarily always get to build your culture from the, from the, the start up and it can change dramatically. If you get something toxic going on in your, in your team, there's, there are a lot of different scenarios, obviously, Personalities, but everything. Yeah. If you're relying on the mission, the outcomes and genuinely caring about your people, seeing them succeed and also that success delivering on the mission, then things like where they're located become so much less important. Right. And then when it does become a challenge, they're going to be the first ones there to help you figure out what solutions are going to be that are viable. I've heard some really interesting ones. You know, there are some companies that are now renting homes or townhomes and uh, officing their people there with common workplace areas so that the ones that have moved out of state are able to come in and work in the office, you know, for those days of the week. There's some really creative concepts out there for how you support your team succeeding and delivering on their outcomes for the mission. And, and it's true, you know, not everything can be handled virtually. You know, um, I just spoke with um, one of my, uh, my clients and um, I've been working with them on setting up their strategic you know, uh, program, you know, and stuff like that. And I said, look, we can't do this virtually. We've got to sit down for a full day, all the, every one of us together, like you said, building a cultural culture to where we're all sharing our ideas because now everyone's got their different ideas and they're not agreed. So I love that, Dana. And I agree. Here's the thing when you can't help it for whatever reasons, right? We had COVID couldn't help it. We had to be virtual. My whole thing is as a leader, don't swing with the pendulum. Yeah. yeah. In terms of this is the only answer. This is the only answer. Take advantage of every piece of that swing, right? right? So, so we can meet virtually. There's some advantages to that. When you meet virtually, we all sit in the same size square. So the CEO doesn't have the head of the table right? Yeah. The CEO is the same square. And, and so does the intern and voices can be thought of or seen and, right. and internalized as more equal. So, so what I, what I always encourage and what I always try to hold myself accountable to is what advantage can I create for my team and our productivity and delivering on our mission as those pendulums swing back and forth. Right. You know, another one, Dan, I was like, you know, everybody has a private office. Everybody must be in an open space. You know, like these, these are pendulum swings. Are there valuable pieces to both? Absolutely. So, so, so take advantage as it goes this way, take advantage as it goes that way and, and, and stop being absolute about it. You know, it, it, it's not one or the other, but if you can take advantage of those swings, your team grows and scales with them. Well, you've been, yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you. You know, the reason I wanted them to get together um, in one place first is because of confidentiality. <laughs> and secondly, because 
there's too much, uh, there was, there was getting to be too much, um, how can I say, defensive talk yep. as to why things are happening, happening. So I figure, okay, if we sit down in an environment, in a relaxed environment and everything, that's going to, that's going to eliminate some of that defensiveness. Yeah. You have all the, you have all the pheromones going on. Yes. You know. but, but, you know, again, even in that circumstance, if you can create in person that feel, yeah. that connection for people, then when you get back to virtual uh, or they're going back into their individual meetings or team right. meetings or whatever right. they're doing, they're going to carry a little of that chemistry with them yeah. into the virtual, but Hopefully. then again, how do you get back? Yeah. How do you get back to the in-person to make sure it's again, you know, yeah. continuing to, to yeah. uh, scale in terms of that understanding and respect for each other. Right. Right. That's another yeah. whole thing. And Dana, yeah. you know, when you talk about culture, you cannot miss speaking to values, you know, principles that people know to operate by and, for us in C-Suite Network, you know, we have um, relevancy, reach, reciprocity, and respect. So if we're in line on those, we know we're on track, you know, and, and it lays the land for how we operate together. And I think that's really critical for every leader and every team to really understand what are those principles that they're aligned around and, and that they can act within. Right, right. No, and, and respect is a big one with me, respect for the position that small business owners are in and understanding what their struggles are and then communicating with them with that understanding and, and helping them understand where we can help, you know, that yeah. type of deal. Because too many times they get involved with somebody who might be speaking over their head you know, in these elusive words that they don't even understand, and then they lose interest. So it's important that you speak in a language that they understand. Um, but we've been talking a little bit about this, but maybe you can explain a little bit more about how small business businesses can balance the need for structure and organization with the freedom necessary to encourage creative thinking. So this one, I can't help but smile when I think to this because you you absolutely have to have structures. I don't care how small your business is, you have to have structures and processes. So, and the the most beautiful test of this is if if I came to you, Dana, today, ten days from now, forty seven days from now, next year. And I ask you the exact same question. You right. will, I guarantee, if it's a detailed process question, you will guaranteed give me a different answer each time. Yeah. So, you know, you I, I absolutely. And the, well, the fact of the matter is, even if it was a few hours apart for most of us leading businesses, our brain, we have to, we have to take something in, process it and get rid of it. Because yep. you you can't carry everything around at the same time. It's impossible. You, you, otherwise, you can't move forward. So so you have to bring things in. You have to process it. You have to decide what you're going to do, and you have to get rid of it so that you can keep moving forward. And so so I I joke with our team that I could be um, incredibly creative. You know, so if I've answered a question once, please don't make me answer the same question twice. You 
you capture that. One of those flashes that comes and goes. <laughs> yes, yes, you capture that. Now hold me to it. I will appreciate that. I need the structure that now we've decided, you know, we've gone back and forth. We've decided, okay, this is the process. Now I want to rely on that. Now, again, though, I will reserve the right to say, wait a second, I think we need something added to that process. But if I, if, but if we're not encapsulating what that process is, so that we have a structure for moving forward, then we just, that's the definition of insanity, right? You're just recreating the exact same thing over and over again. One time you miss this, one time you miss that, and you're not actually growing and learning from what you're doing, which is another absolutely critical piece of having a structure is it's what allows you to understand and interpret the data you're getting. If we use this structure that we've set, then we get this result. Okay, so if we tweak it and we do this, now what result do we get and how did that differ? And so it, it, structure couldn't possibly be more critical. It's not to be inflexible. It's so that you actually have a running plan. You can keep running and you can also evaluate the data you're getting and what differences will create in terms of the results or outcomes you're able to deliver. Yeah. No, I am. Um, it's, it's, you bring that up and it's funny because um, my husband is part owner in my company. And, uh, but he also has a job working, you know, and, um, so every evening we'll sit down and say, how was the day? What did you do? You know, what's, you know, and I will have a very creative meeting with a client or, you know, or somebody or something. And we really get into it. We really talk about it and everything. And then he'd want me to recoup it, re recap it for him. Well, by mm -hmm. that time, I forgot half of what we said. So I've gotten to the point where I record it. <laughs> <laughs> I record it so that I can just give it to him so he can watch it and he catches on to the enthusiasm and the, and the excitement, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah. um, it's, it's, I, I understand totally what you're talking about when you kind of, you, you know, these, these, these brilliant ideas come up, come around once yeah. <laughs> and then they either get distilled or. <laughs> right. So. And, and, and a brilliant idea is nothing without a plan to activate against it. And so, again, that's where, you know, you have those, those um, brilliant moments. And then it's a matter of how do you create that engagement with it? And then the, you know, the, the skeletal uh, support of it being fleshed out and being successful. No, definitely. So, um, and next question is basically we talked a little bit about the three day retreat that I'm going to be doing um, mm. in November for small businesses, uh, the strategic planning and mental health retreat. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in the fact that you have to take a holistic approach to this creative environment that we have to do. And you've gone through strategic planning, you know, what's got, what's involved in that. And with that being said, okay, within the creative culture of the business, how can we in, in, embrace that mental health in order to um, really uh, pump up that creativity during, do you understand what I'm saying? The creativity yes. during the, the, the planning or the meeting process, you know? Yeah, 
I don't talk about this very often, but my uh, my executive level training is in strat planning, and I was a, a VP of strategy in a global three billion dollar holding company. Um, so so it's near and you know, like everything you do is near and dear to my heart, Dana. It's it's so important. And here's the thing with mental health that I think is, I I hope is sort of a a midpoint, you know. Um, we talk about mental health as though it's a one point in time kind of thing and something that you have when it's not good. Right. And I think that's just such a, just such a skewed version of what it really is. So as, as an executive or, or, or a business owner, uh, the CEO of a smaller, mid-sized business, whatever your role, you have everything from personal divorce and all of the personal side of your life and relationships that helps you lead forward successfully. And you have business divorce and all of your business relationships and everything that's encompassed in the business side of your life to lead forward successfully. And all of that plays into your own sense of well-being or your mental health status. And so I'm I'm very mindful to the fact that this is something that we all have. It's sort of like our physical fitness. How fit do I feel right now? I got up early. I went for my walk. Uh, I I even did sit-ups this morning. So I'm feeling pretty darn good today, you know? Um, (laughs) But you might catch me on a day where I've eaten McDonald's. I was on planes. I, you know, or I guess I shouldn't pick on McDonald's. I mean, fast food that was, you know, blowing my calorie budget. And, um, and, and I would say, I'm not feeling so great about it today. I think we have to think about mental health that same way, you know, we could be incredibly mentally healthy, quote unquote, but if we just found out someone we deeply care about passed away, we're not going to be in a great space. So, so creating that space, understanding what you need to fuel your own sense of strength and enjoyment and play and um, sense of delivering something of value, doing something meaningful, meaningful connections, all of that is so critical. And the more we can do to really embrace that for ourselves as leaders and obviously our teams, again, the more people come to the table, not defensively, not trying to prove they're the smartest in the room, but really truly engage in a creative process that gets you somewhere you haven't been before, that's where it gets really exciting. So I love that you're taking that approach, Dana. Uh, We have to be cognizant of it. And I think also we have to think to how we create that environment where, you know, you walk into it and you let go of all of the noise. And and I'm a big fan of that concept of noise. There's a new book out called Noise. Highly recommend it. It's about how we make bad judgments and become very uncreative. if that's a word, Uh, with noise. And so that, that I would say is almost job number one in anything we do as the leaders of our businesses is cut the noise out. You need to listen, process, and let it go. Yeah, no. And as, as leaders, you know, I can see where us contributing uh, a means to start that, that mental health, you know, even if it's just ensuring that our employees or whatever, take the time to just relax and just 
you know, meditate or just do some yoga, get a massage, do whatever you need to do in order to revitalize your body and your brain, you know, and that's what we're trying to do. Breathe. I mean, you know, if you look at the research as executives, owners, we don't breathe. What the heck? That's supposed to be, you know, what happens, but, but it's not, and it's a killer. And especially when we're working from home and we're behind the computer so often, you know, I have to set an alarm on my calendar and it sets, you know, I've got it set every two and a half hours. My, my uh, internist tells me, no, set it every hour, get up, walk around the house and then come back, you know, that type deal. You need to get up and do this a little bit. You know, I, (laughs) I have my Apple watch on. And it tells me I have to stand up every hour and it rewards me for it. Yes. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I, and I do have a stand up desk, but you have to be mindful to it. I, 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 know. I about doing sit-ups this morning and going for my walk. It's, it's not because I thought, oh, maybe I'll do that today. It's literally in my daily reminders and I'm a to-do list person. So, okay, I guess what? I did a walk today. I did a workout today. I did sit-ups today. And if I didn't do those today, I bump them to tomorrow, you know, <laughs> because yeah. every day is a fresh start. And that's another thing is how do we create healthy parameters where we're not beating ourselves up for what we didn't do, you know, today or yesterday. Yeah. We're focused on, okay, what can we do today? And every little bit, you know, is a win, is a victory. Well, and that time management aspect is extremely important in reducing some of the stress, you know, and understanding that everything does not have to be done on your to-do list today. You know, <laughs> it's is share that right because your team is going through the same things yeah exactly yeah no that's exactly it um you know last question (laughs) what advice would you give to small business owners or leaders who want to embark on the journey of cultivating creativity and driving natural shifts within their organization i i would absolutely focus on how you're making that fun, engaging, rewarding, how you're aligning it with the mission of what your business and what you personally, your personal brand is promising to give in terms of impact. And, um, and, then, and then enjoy it. You know, there's so many things that we end up doing where we say, oh, I have to do that. I'm so mindful now. I say, I get to do that. You know, uh, I get to do that. And If you think about that with everything we do in life, if you're going to drink 64 ounces of water a day, enjoy (laughs) it. You know, I I told you I'm a to-do person. I get to check off every time I drink one of those glasses of water. So now it's rewarding, even though I don't really love water. It's never been my strength. So, so, I mean, I know my body needs it, but it's not been something I enjoy, but now combined with the, the to-do list of being able to check off, I've done my 64, I've accomplished something today that's important to me. So, so I think in business, we frequently, and, and I haven't said this specifically, but we act like the weight of the world is on our shoulders and we share that burden instead of looking at how we can create that fun and playfulness and enjoyment of what we're doing to see the grace and synergy. It's almost like the, um, the grease, you know, that, that, that makes what we're doing meaningful. And, uh, and, and that is so important and all the data, you know, you can say, oh, that sounds nice. It would be the nice thing to do, be the right thing to do. All the data shows this delivers better results. So if 
And here's another thing. If you have people on your team that you don't, it is, especially if you're small business, that you don't know, love, trust, let yeah. them go. Help them find somewhere they're going to have meaningful connection because life is too short for that. Yeah. Every business is on a mission to create real value, real impact, and success that will actually deliver to their communities. So, so if there's someone on your team, especially in a small business that you don't know, love, trust, let them go, let them find somewhere else or create a scenario, you know, like you're doing Dana with bringing the, the whole team together in person yeah. where there, that, that understanding of each other, that respect for each other can be created right. and, um, and, and then, and then run and have fun yeah. with it. That's what we're going to do because next year with this client, I see a big year. And if we're not prepared, it's going to run away with us. So yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. So we're coming up on the end of another episode of Charged Up Studio. And thank you, Trisha, for, for joining us today and helping our audience understand how creating a healthy culture within a small business can go a long way in growing a successful business. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. So how can our audience members reach out to you should they want to? I would love that. I would love to host with you on any celebrates Friday night. So uh, www.c-suitenetwork.com. That would be uh, wonderful. And then my personal email is Trisha, T-R-I-C-I-A, at c-suitenetwork.com. Um, and, and I would love, I would love to hear from anyone that is in your audience, Dana. And as I said, to, to co-host with you on Friday evenings, and of course your younger CEO in your family, uh, is such a joy. So she counts the days. That. She counts the days. Is this the day for the business meeting tonight? <laughs> isn't that, isn't that amazing, Dana? I am so I'm so proud and so honored to hold this space with a diverse group of business leaders from all over the world that young people like your granddaughter can be excited to be there and see how grown, respectful, amazing business leaders actually speak and operate together. Yeah. And, uh, you also I, like I, seeing yourself on camera. So <laughs> A lot of it too. Well, you know, everybody has a little bit of that and <laughs> wanting to show off to mom and dad that we did good, right? Yes, definitely. So that concludes our podcast for today. Please leave a review on any of the streaming platforms you happen to be listening to us on or go to our Charged Up Studio Facebook page and leave a review there. Charged Up Studio is the product of Marketatomy and Marketatomy Academy the e-learning system designed specifically with the micro-business owner in mind. For more information and to register for any of our courses, go to marketatomy.academy, M-A-R-K-E-T-A-T-O-M-Y.academy. That's it for another week. I look forward to talking again next week with you and go out and have a charged up week. Talk to you later. You've been listening to Charged Up Studio Live, the podcast with you, the small business owner in mind, with your host, Dana Olivo. Join us every Tuesday as we bring you valuable tips and insights into many of the topics 
you don't know you don't know about growing a successful business. Please leave us a review on any of the streaming platforms you are listening to or visit us on the YouTube or Facebook page and leave a review or subscribe so you don't miss another episode. You can also support us through Patreon by visiting our website, chargedupstudio.live and click on the Patreon link. Until next week, go out and have a charged up week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.